Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. I love you so much for a lifetime. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Just bless. I love you. Hey, Paula Williams, Norman. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. Hey, beautiful. Good morning. Hey, Candace. Hey, Jillian. Good morning. Hello, Trinidad. I'm coming to Trinidad. I'm going everywhere. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your mercy so tender. Good morning. I wanted to be a little bit more up close and personal this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Nisi, I love you. Hey, Tracy. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Tracy Mosley. I love you, girl. Good morning. Hey, Tammy Burris. Good morning. My God, a forever kind of... Thank you. This cup came from Jenny Love, um, my sister in Christ, my sister just period. Uh, and I love it too. I'm like, Jenny, she was like, I found this and this is you. And so I always say I'm not going to collect any more cups, but I love cups. <laughs> 
So what I keep doing is purging cups and giving and blessing cups. But I love my cups. So I'll have to tell her you say you love this. I love this cup. Good morning, Joyce McCall. Good morning. Good morning, Tamika Thomas. Hey, girl. Hey. I hope y'all got your coffee, your tea, your conversation. I wanted to be a little bit more personal this morning, this week. So I changed my camera. Feels like um, y'all sitting with me in my living room. I want to start going to the coffee shop on the weekends. My schedule is slowing down. Hey, Jamitra. My schedule is showing, slowing um, down. And so I'm going to start dropping just saying who wants to meet me in the coffee shop. And y'all come have coffee with me on Saturday mornings. And we just love on each other. Um, but don't expect me to teach. Well, I teach all the time without teaching. But I'm just going to start doing those surrender moments so we can create moments together. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Miss Joyce Craig. Good morning to you. Hey, love. Hey, get your bags. <laughs> Good morning. Sometimes. Oh, thank you, D. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I felt it feels homey. <laughs> Welcome to my living room. <laughs> um, Good morning. Welcome, 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 welcome. Do me a favor, go share the video. Go put it on someone's in someone's hands. Drop it like on their inbox or whatever else. Let's just get this word out this morning. I am excited just about God, about what he's doing in our life, what he's doing through this ministry. Ladies, we got Bible study tomorrow. I'm so excited. My God. Like, I wish I could describe what's happening in Bible study, like in expressions. If I described it in emojis, it would be like, you know, or, or like I have all these faces I make when I teach anyway, but like, I wish I could describe what's going on in Bible study. It is so amazing. Even online, even in our online community, we are growing together and we have sisterhood absolutely everywhere. Like we have, like, I'm not playing, like we have sisters in Ritman, Ohio. We have sisters in Trinidad. We have brothers. Don't think it's just women on this devotional. Now it is in Bible study, but not on this devotional. We got brothers too that connect to us from absolutely everywhere, but we got people connecting. But in ladies Bible study, the ladies Bible study group is crazy. Like it is getting bananas in this group. So if you're not a part of this group, you need to be a part of the group. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Joyce. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. Yeah, it is. It's like supernatural sisterhood and all of the issues we thought we had as women are just going absolutely away and we growing up and we're maturing and the next few weeks we're spending time maturing in love. And I love that. I love how God is growing us up and I love how we're maturing in love and how personal he is with us. So I'm grateful for you. I'm so grateful for the time that you spend, the time you committed. Every time you, um, 
Uh, thank you for that beautiful. And thank you for Chicago coming in. Every time you spend on the devotional, devotional, every time you're with us, like it's, it's personal for me. I don't take it for granted. So I'm just grateful. I'm getting ready to pray, but I got to, I got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I need to speak a special blessing over my partners this morning because you guys would not be having this devotional if it was not for, uh, those that partner with LMJ ministries, right? Yeah, that's that's funny. And so I got to say thank you to those of you that give continuously into the ministry. I need to speak a blessing. I prayed over everyone's finance this this morning, um, but I need to speak a blessing. I thank you that your seed is multiplying and increasing and that God is advancing you supernaturally financially today so that you can continue to be a financial blessing in the kingdom. Your seed is not sown into um, ground that's not fertile. And because you've been sowing fertile in fertile ground and because you've been a sowing to advance the kingdom, I just speak a supernatural blessing over you today. May God advance you exponentially and quickly in the mighty name of Jesus. And may um, your seed just multiply and increase. Thank you for your partnership. Thank you for what you do, because what you do helps us do what we're doing. And so don't ever think your partnership, no matter what the amount is, um, is not significant to this ministry. It's helping us feed the poor. It's helping us take care of the sick. It's helping us to um, do to get this gospel throughout this world. So thank you. And may he advance you. That was the word in my spirit that he advance you today. We have a I, I, that he advance you financially and that he advance fa favor goes before you today. I want to get into the word today. We're going to be talking about this kind of love. We're still in Ephesians. God is growing us up in Ephesians. And in this particular um chapter, we're going back over to Ephesians five. And I want to read, don't forget to read Psalms 91 over yourself daily. If you haven't been doing it, pray Psalms 91 over yourself daily. Don't forget that. I pray that over myself daily. And I try to pray that as not at night as well. Hey, and don't, don't, don't feel bad when someone speaks a blessing over you. You, you need to receive when they're, when the priest, so when the man or woman of God speaks a blessing over you, you take that by faith. You be like, no, I'm receiving this blessing today. It's not anything wrong with you being blessed so you can advance kingdom. It's an ungodly mindset if you don't believe in seed for the sower, because he said he'd give seed to the sower. It's an ungodly mindset if you don't think God will cause blessings to come upon you so that you can do what you need to do with kingdom. So don't be ashamed of your seed that you sow. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't, don't be ashamed of sowing seeds, um, for, for the, for the gospel. And if you're in the finance class, you know that you're learning that you better receive that by faith. Woman of God, even what you put in my hand, Sunday, receive it by faith, receive like receive it. A multiplication and increase comes to you today in Jesus name. So I want to read Psalms 91 and then I'm going to get into first Corinthians 13. It says those, or I always put my name in it. Lakeisha who lives in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty this i declare about the lord he alone is my refuge my place of safety he is my god and i trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease he will cover you with his feathers he will shelter you with his wings his faithful promises are armor and protection 
Do not be afraid of the terror at night, nor the arrow that flies in day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil, say no evil. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with your hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and I will give them my salvation. So that's Psalms 191. And then I need to read 1 Corinthians um, 13, 4 through 8. And then we're going to get in the word today. I'm going to pray. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. It endures through every circumstance. And so we're going to talk about this kind of love today. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. My love walk was janky. It was not good. It was not healthy. Um, I was loving very selfishly. And when God gave me the revelation of this for a complete year and a half, I had to meditate on 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8. As a matter of fact, I could not study anything else. Um, I read some other things. I went to church and I did some things, but I had to chew and digest first Corinthians 13, four and eight. Um, I did not understand what God was doing at the time. Every time I went to the Bible to read another scripture, he took me back to first Corinthians 13, four and eight. I understand now what it was about. Like I understand now what it was about. I understand that he was preparing me for the road, the path that I was about to take and that he knew I would need to learn how to love his way. And that he knew I would need to have an insurmountable amount of his love in me. And the only way that that love was going to manifest was that I chew on the word of God. And so he positioned me to get into this scripture. I'm sorry, y'all keep sitting on my hair. He positioned me to get into this scripture and to meditate on this scripture and to meditate on this scripture daily. And then something began to transform in my heart. Like my heart began to transform and it began to look differently. And what I thought was love was not love. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. I need you to make sure you're taking notes this morning. And if you're working out, I get it. Come back and watch it later and put your pen on it. What I thought was love was not because there's divine revelation coming this morning. Hot off the press about love. God gave me some things this morning. And so what I thought was love was not love. Right. And I was not loving through God's eyes and I was not loving through the image of God and I was not loving in grace and I was not living in peace and I was not loving in wholeness and I was my love was perverse. That's the best word, word way to put it. My love was very perverted. How I was loving was very perverted. It was not healthy. It was not normal. It was what I thought was love. It was what I had been taught. It was not as significant or as holy as God would have us love, right? It, it was not. And Paula, let me say this publicly because I can, and it's not too 
Um, it's not to glorify you, it's to glorify God, but thank you for, that's fine. Okay, Kim, come back and get it. Um, thank you for your commitment to do what I ask you to do. And I don't want to get into all of that. Don't nobody need to know all that. I just need to publicly say thank you for honoring God and doing what I ask you to do. I appreciate you, woman of God. You just don't know how much. And these are seeds that you're sowing. And I know God is going to bless, bless you liberally. So thank you for that. Thank you. I, I just appreciate that. So we're getting into Ephesians 5. And as we get into Ephesians 5, we're going to, um, we're going to talk about being, we talked about being imitators of God. And so today I need to talk about this. We're going to chew this whole Ephesians five up. I'm going to read through it. We're going to chew it up. We're going to eat Ephesians five so that we understand how and what God is saying to us. And today I have the CSB Bible and I also have my NLT Bible and I might read out the NIV version of the Bible. I usually look at scriptures from every version in the Bible just to see the difference in the words, right? And so we're going to get into Ephesians 5 today, but today we're going to talk about this first part of the verse and we are learning to grow more in grace and learning to grow more in God. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to make sure I'm there in both Bibles and we're learning to live as light. We're learning to live as light and not live as darkness, right? We're learning to live, live as light and not as darkness. And so in this very first first of Ephesians five, we studied this. It says, therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children, because we are well loved. God loves us well. And then it says, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us. So let me pray. Father God, I thank you for your word on today. I thank you for the people of God today. I thank you for your visitation and that you're habit inhabiting us through the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that we will no longer be wise in our own eyes in regards to love. We will not lust instead of love. We will not operate in a perverse kind of love. So thank you for giving us understanding this morning. Thank you that the scales are removed. Thank you for giving us ears to hear. And thank you, Lord God, that this word today is pricking our heart so that we begin to love more like you. We are fashioned in your image, created to produce here on earth, Lord God. So today, as we study this kind of love and understand love as an offering, my God, inhabit your people today, Lord God. Inhabit your people today, Lord God, and habit your people today. Do not allow us to be wise in our own eyes. I cancel every assignment of the enemy, every spirit of doubt that makes us think we can't love this way, every spirit of lust, lewdness, crudeness, sexual immorality, contention, dissension. Father God, starvation. My God, the enemy has tried to starve us out to keep us from receiving what you have for us. And I thank you, Lord God, we will no longer be starved by love. I thank you for power, wisdom, and protection that could only come from above. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in Ephesians 5, and we are in the first verse, and it says, therefore, be imitators of God. And if you haven't been on here, go back and get the devotionals. We were talking about what it looks like to be imitators of God. And it says, therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. We're going to pause right there. I want to talk to you about love as an offering. 
Um, and even though I, na I named this, this kind of love, I'm really going to be talking to you about love as an offering and what it looks like for love to be an offering and what, what God was saying to us at this moment when he was saying, this is what I need you to imitate me in. This is how I need you to look. This is what I need you to offer me. And so we know when he's saying be imitators of God, that the idea is really simple, right? We're making God our ultimate role model. God becomes the role model. Um, when we look for role models in other people that may not necessarily be godly. And remember, I tell you first Peter 1 15 and 16 says he who called you is holy so you also be holy in your conduct because it is written be holy for I am holy we have to be cautious in making role models come on now and of people who are not holy oh 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 that just shook me we have to be cautious of making role models of people who are not holy and when I repeat I'm a teacher by trade. So when I repeat to you, for those of you like, why does she repeat? So when, I, when I'm repeating, I'm repeating for myself. Cause here's the thing that I know about repetition. It gets inside of you, right? It gets inside of you. So we have to be careful with that. We have to be careful of making role models of people who are not holy, who do not bear fruit according to the living God, not to their God or not to a glimpse of God or not to what we thought God was. And God is not just benevolent. And sometimes we um, make people our role models because we see them being benevolent. But God is more than benevolence. God, God is more than benevolence. God is more than giving. And so we are looking for fruit and character, right? Before we decide to make someone a role model, before we decide to follow hard after someone, before you make a decision to follow hard after someone, my suggestion to you is make sure that they're following hard after Christ. I'm just being real. I'm just being real because sometimes we will set up role models that we think are godly role models. And these people are not godly role models, right? And and, and, and a lot of times they may not know, and, and that's not for us to throw shade and that's not for us to pick somebody's life apart, but you got to follow them to the altar. <laughs> like you got to follow them to the altar. You've got to make sure that they are going and on their way to the altar. If they not at the altar, if they don't have a prostrate life before Christ, you need to know something about their prayer life. You need to know something about their belief system. You need to know what they say about Jesus. You need to know more than them just acknowledging God because an evidence that someone is imitating God is that they are living in holiness. You want to see holiness. You want to see an example of holiness. So this doesn't say think about God. This doesn't say admire God. This doesn't say adore God, right? All of those are important Christian duties. But what this is saying is I need you to go in action. I need you to go in action and I need you to be gone come beyond your inner life. I need you to come beyond your words. I need to become you to become beyond your speech. I need you to get beyond and outside of that. He's saying to you, when I'm saying become imitators of God, I'm asking you to go into action. I'm asking you to make it practical. I'm asking you to apply it to our life, right? And we know when we get into this example, he says, as dear children, we know children are imitators. They're natural imitators, right? Um, 
I, I have to share with you what Judah did yesterday. And I was like, this is what imitation looks like. Children naturally imitate you. Yesterday I was having a discussion with him and I said, Judah, I've been noticing some behavior in you that just, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like what this looks like. Right. Um, and I just shared with him from my heart. I said, I just don't like what this looks like. I don't like your behavior. I don't like what I'm seeing right now. And we were just having this dialogue and conversation and he paused and he said, uh, mom, he said, yes. I said, do you, do you think you know what the problem is? That's what I asked him. I said, do you think you know, need to know what the problem is? And he came back and he said to me, he said, yes, ma'am, I just need to spend more time in, in my word. When I get up, when you wake me up in the morning, I need to go on and get up out the bed. And I need to get in my devotional and spend more time in my word. What you're seeing is because I am not spending enough time in my word. And I'm like, God, this is what the, this is what this divinely looks like. You call me to spend more time in your word. And then I spend more time in your word and I don't have to Lord over them. I don't have to say to him, you need to spend time in your word. I just have to example. I just have to imitate you. I have to imitate a relationship with you. I just have to be in a relationship with you. I don't have to force feed them. I don't have to pump them up. I just have to imitate you. And then if I imitate you, they're going to imitate me, right? If I imitate you, then they're going to turn around and imitate me. And he said, he said, so when I, when you wake me up in the morning, mommy, I'm going to make sure I get out the bed and I'm going to make sure I get my devotional and I'm going to make sure I spend more time with God because that's my problem. That's why you're seeing what you're seeing right now. And I was like, God, this is this is the trickle effect. It's not, I'm not lording over. I'm not having to say, you need to go study your word or browbeating him with scripture. I'm just identifying that there's a problem in your behavior. And then I'm just turning around and saying to him, what do you think the problem is? And then because he sees it, he's turning around and saying, it's because I don't have enough word in me, right? It's because I don't know. I don't have enough word in me. So that's the example. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's what it looks like. When we imitate God, that's what it looks like. And when we eat the fruit and we imitate God, then our children, can I tell you something? I need to be clear about this. I was not that parent before. I was not that parent. I was not that parent. I was trying to force feed my kids the word, right? And that's not love. That's not love. I was trying to force feed them. Lord. Now, as for me and my house, we will serve the God. You got to go to church in here. But I was trying to force feed my kids the word. I was trying to, I was trying to force feed them something. I don't force feed them anymore. I am the example before them in a relationship with Christ. Like I had to learn that I had to break down all the stuff that tore it up. I don't have to browbeat them with scripture. I get in my closet and I pray on my face. And I expect to hear and see God manifest in their life because I expect my prayers to be answered. And so just know that, know that without a, without a doubt that you don't have to force feed them. And love is not force feeding. We don't ever have to force feed anyone. Um, the word we don't ever have to force feed anyone. Um, and for women who have husbands who are not walking in the fullness of God right now, you don't ever have to force feed your husband. All you got to do is love him. You don't ever have to convince him how to love you. All you got to do is love him and spend time in the word, but we'll swap. So the next part of this scripture says walk in love as Christ has loved us as in all things, Jesus is our example, right? As he has loved us and he gave himself from us. We are to display this kind of self-giving love. And I know 
And I know for a fact, right? I know for a fact that often we don't think we're capable of giving this self kind of love. And the reason that we don't think that we're capable of giving this self kind of love is because we're not looking at the intricate parts of Jesus's love as an offering. And we're not understand that God is asking us to give love as an offering. And that's the next part of the scripture an offering and a sacrifice, right? Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice pleasing to the father, right? And so we also become the sacrifice, a sweet smelling aroma when we give others in love to ourselves. And so often what happens is most of us think we need to give love in a dramatic way. We think when we see that Jesus died on the cross, right? When we think Jesus died on the cross, we think that love has to be in this dramatic way, right? But what usually, and what I'm learning is, is that God has called us to lay our life down for others as if we were giving an offering, as if we were giving an offering. And I'm going to explain that to you in just a second. And where we have failed, right? Where we fail all the time is we try to give this big dramatic display. We try to, to overbuy. We try to prove that we're there for people um, when our schedule does not even allow us. Come on, Holy Spirit. We try to um, do all these dramatic displays of affection. We try to be visible and post how somewhat, how much we love someone on, on social media. We try to be visible and prove how somewhat, some, how much someone loves us by posting what we see on social media. Like, and I don't know why we do that. I don't know what this social media thing is about proving love because that's when love becomes perverse. I would rather you know that you love me in private. I would rather know that you love me in private than a public display that may not add up to absolutely anything. I, I promise, I promise I would. I would rather. So when we start thinking about love as an offering, right? Um, and looking at loving as an offering, God is asking us to lay down our lives, right? Instead of like one big sacrifice, instead of this chunk, right? We're giving love as an offering and love as an offering looks different, right? It's, it's not out of obligation. It's not when we offer up our sacrifices of praise, when we love people and make a decision to love, right? Like it looks like it just looks different, right? It's not out of obligation. And so when we offer love as an offering, it's in gratitude and it express. And when we make a decision to love, I, t I have this thing. If, if, if you will obey God, if God tells you to love others, like you love yourself, you got to first love to learn to love him, right? You got to first learn to love him. Like the only way you're going to be able to love others as yourself is that you come into a loving relationship with God. That's not based on a point system. That's not based on religion. That's not based on what someone taught or told you. You're going to have to understand the measure of God's love. And that takes time, especially when you're, um, when you've been taught love perversely. And I keep using the word perverse, right? Why well, I, I keep using the word perverse. And the reason that I'm using the word perverse is because it is, it's tainted, it's perverted. It's not pure. It's not a pure form of love. And so you got to first learn to love God purely with adoration, with praise, um, not outside of obligation. And you got to learn how to receive that. That's how much 
he loves you, right? That's how much he loves you. And so God is not asking us to give love in these sacrificial ways that do us more harm or good, right? As we look at love as an offering or a sacrifice, it's a different sacrifice. Um, it's that it's that sacrifice that says I'm going to love you anyhow. Right. And, and it's, it's a sacrifice that's, that says I'm going to love you anyhow. Right. And, and, and I'm going to show you the rest of the week, how we love perversely. I'm going to show you it. I'm going to show it through you through Ephesians five. And so let me say this. When I say love is an offering, I'm saying that it's presenting, it's proposing, it's sacrificing, um, and it's giving, right? It's giving. And this is a different sacrifice. This isn't a worldly sacrifice. This isn't the things when you say, oh, I gave myself up for you. It's not about you giving yourself up for you. And if you have to say that you gave yourself up for someone, then you probably are in lust with that person and not in love. Or you have a very uh, contractual love. And the love that God has given us is not a contractual love. We don't have love based on relationships. And anytime I walk into a circumstance or a situation when someone tries to hold me to a contractual obligation for love, I begin to pull myself back because I know that God's love is never contractual. And I know that there is something perverse perverse going on here. So when we talk about love as an offering, we're presenting, we're proposing, we're sacrificing, we're, we're, we're giving, we're bidding, we're, we're presenting to the eye or mind. See, so when I give love as an offering, it has to be presented to the eye and it has to be presented to the mind. Love cannot just be, I love you. And then it's never presented. I'm trying not to scream and shout. Love can never be just, I love you. And it's never presented. It has to be given. If I put my offering in the bucket, if I pay my offering on cash app, whatever it is, it has to be presented. It has to be given. I have to see it in my eye, right? It has to be in my mind. It has to be a visual presentation of love. It's got to be a divine service. That's what I mean by office It's presented in divine service. I have to understand that love is divine, right? And it's presented from us right through God. And it's presented in such a way that says, I'm a return or I'm a service, right? You got to get that. You got to get that understanding. That's what it's saying. Isaiah 53 and 10 says, when thou shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see the seed. When we will make love as an offering, right? Then we're going to see the seed. When we plant love, when we present love, when it's in the eye and the mind, then what we're going to do is begin to present or see love as a seed. So I read to you first Corinthians 13, four and eight, and I'm going to give you my addendum or parts to what I know the Holy spirit showed me if we're going to offer love as an offering. Right. And I love how practical God can become, how he shows us first Corinthians 13, four and eight. And then he says, this is what this looks like in the practical. If I'm going to give and you're going to experience the God kind of love. So I hope you're taking notes and I'm just going to be honest. These are some things that I look for in my relationship. And if you're trying to stand, ungodly dating ladies and gentlemen our singles university will start in just a couple of weeks and so i'm going to be teaching you how to be single save sanctified feel and how to center god at the center of your life so that you can be whole when your mate comes and so single using singles university will drop in the next couple of weeks so make sure you're paying attention 
So I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you an addendum. I'm going to give you a little bit more to what God showed me and the God kind of love and this kind of love. This is, this is the first thing you need to know. Man's love is for himself. And we're going to learn more about this this week. Uh, man's love is usually conditional. It's on material gain, right? Man's love. Um, God's love is never for itself. God's love is not for God himself. Um, man's love is usually limited. God's love is never limited. Man's love is usually graded, right? I'm grading you. I'm saying you love me based on what you demonstrate to me. And God's love is equal for all. You don't assign, well, this person loves me more, um, because they came to my events or this person loves me more because, um, they've given me more. Somebody can be given to you and have an ulterior motive and never love you. So the very first part of this is one, if we're going to walk and demonstrate God's kind of love to others, we're going to practice being present, right? God's kind of love is present. We are present. We, we need to be in a certain place, be connected to what's going on right now, attentive, attentive and not absent of mind. And so this first Corinthians 13, four and eight tells us we need to be present. If you're loving someone, if you're in relationships with someone, you've got to be present. You've got to be present. You've got to practice being present. You cannot be in a loving relationship with someone and say we're together at the table. And I had to learn this. I was horrible about this. I was horrible about this. Now I put my phone up or put it in my purse. This is why after three o'clock when my kids come home, most of the time you cannot get me or talk to me. And the reason why is, is because love is present, right? It's in a certain place connected to what's going on right now. Right now it's attentive and it's not absent of mind. If I am loving you, I'm present when I'm connected to you. I'm present when I'm on the devotional. If I'm the evidence of God's love. I'm present when I'm at your basketball game. I'm present in a meeting. If I love the fact that God provides for me, I'm present. I'm present with my students. I'm present. I'm not off thinking to the future. I'm not letting my mind ramble, right? If I love you, I'm present. I, I'm present. I am very there. I'm very active. I'm connected. So let me tell you something. When I am on the phone with someone or when I'm talking to someone, I, 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 and I'm going to use the word loathe. I loathe rudeness. If I am, if I am talking on the phone to you and somebody walks up and starts talking to you and you let them interrupt our conversation, I get irritated. And this is why I get irritated because you're not present. And what I'm sharing with you is important, right? And so I am very big that if somebody walks up on me and I'm talking to someone else, I would not give my attention to the other person. And the reason that I won't give my attention to the other person is because I'm practicing being present. This conversation is important. And if somebody walks in my office, I don't care if it's at work, then if you're not supposed to be on the phone at work, don't talk on the phone, right? Or if you're not supposed to, if you're in the room, just listen, if you're in the room and I am in the room with you, right? Or we're talking and somebody else walks up, they don't get to interrupt our conversation because I'm being present. And I am this attentive, even if I'm at the drive-through 
ordering food. I make contact with the person that I'm ordering food from because I need them to know that this moment, this exchange is very important. I'm, I'm the same way at the register. I'm the same way, whatever. And I learned and I grew in this, but I understood that God's love is present. I have to be present in the moment. And the enemy tries so much to pull us away from where we're not present. And so when we're on the devotional, if you're doing other things, you're not present. You're missing the opportunity for God to love on you. If you are in church and you're on social media, you are not present. You're missing the opportunity for God to love on you and to do what he needs because you're not practicing being present. If you're distracted, if you're doing other things, you're not present. And I had to learn this, right? So God's love is very present. You got to be present. The second thing God's love is it's persistent right? It's very persistent. It's continuing, continuingly firmly in a course or action in spite of whether or not it's difficult or despite whether or not there's observation, it's persevering. God's love is persistent and it's persevering. It's continual grace to the end. And so if you're going to love someone, you're going to be persistent. You're going to be persistent. You're not going to be wavering. You're going to be persistent. It doesn't matter if it gets difficult. It doesn't matter if there's opposition it, that none of that matters. If I say that I love you, then I'm going to persistently pursue you. I'm going to persistently be in a relationship. Hey ladies, that ain't you chasing no man. Don't nobody. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's not you chasing no man. That's not you chasing no man. That's not what I'm talking about. This type of persistence allows grace to come in, right? This, this type of persistence allows restoration. This, this, this life of persistence says that I'm going to continually love you and I'm not going to cut my love off just because you do something to offend me or hurt me, right? When I love you, I'm going to be persistent. The, I'm not, I'm not going to end my love because you don't, I don't, I don't like something you did, or I don't like something you said, or I don't like how you handled me. I'm not going to cut my love off from you because you do this. I'm going to be persistent in my course of action. Doesn't mean I might not have some boundaries. Doesn't mean I might not put some other things in place, but I'm going to do that. The third thing is I'm going to be intentional, right? I'm going to, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to love you deliberately. I'm going to love you on purpose, right? I'm going to love you and I'm not going to withhold or withdraw my love because you don't act good today, right? We all don't act good today. When Judah was on one, I was irritated by his behavior, but that didn't mean mean that I was going to withdraw or withhold my love for him. And he was one on one all weekend <laughs> that I was going to withdraw my love for him, right? Or draw my love for him or withdraw my love. So I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to love him on purpose. And so I was practicing loving him on purpose. I was holding him. Like I called him in and I said, let me just hold you for a moment. And I just let him sit like in my lap. Like I was being intentional. I was intentionally engaging him. Love is very intentional. Um, love is forgiving, right? You've got to be forgiving, right? So it, you're going to cease to feel resistance against a person. You're going to pardon. You're going to show mercy. You're going to cover in grace. You're not going to repeat the wrongdoing. You're not going to keep repeating that. You're not going to tell someone else what they did wrong. You're going to be forgiving. You're going to release them and you're going to release them very quickly, right? You're not going to harbor offense. You're not going to take it all personal. 
you're going to position put yourself in a position and you're going to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to be forgiving. Absolutely. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation is. The next part of this is you're going to be committed. God's love is committed. And if we're going to exemplify this love to someone else, we're going to be committed. And what I mean by being committed is you're going to be dedicated. You're going to be loyal. You're going to put your whole, our heart in it. And you're going to treat them like you want to be treated regardless of how they're, they're acting. You're going to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to treat them how I want to be treated. That's how I'm going to treat you based on what I want to be treated. Now, if you don't have a good perspective of how you really want to be treated and you don't understand that, then you might need to go back and watch yourself in the word and study first Corinthians 13, four and eight, because that scripture is just not about how we love others. It's based on the kind of love that we should be receiving. That's the kind of love that God gives us. And that's the kind of love that we should be receiving. Well, when love is perverse and we don't under, understand that we're supposed to receive like that. We don't know how to give that at all. So you're going to be dedicated, right? You're going to be committed. You're going to be loyal. You're going to put your whole heart on it. That means that if someone you love upsets you, you're not going to sit at the table and talk about them with other people. And you're not also going to sit at the table and let nobody else discuss them. The people that I love, you can't discuss them with me. Even if I'm mad at them, even if you're right, you're not going to discuss them with me because I know that this is just an hindrance and an assignment of the enemy. So ladies, when we have problems with our husband, we're going to commit to pray for them. And even if they're ugly right now, we're going to find our prayer partner. We're not going to pick apart their wrongs. What we're going to do is we're going to stay committed to the marriage and committed to the relationship. We're not going to discuss them at the table. We're going to pray them at the table. So when you bring it to your girlfriend, immediately her response needs to be, okay, let's go on and pray. Whatever the issue, whatever the insecurity is, we're going to put that in the position and we're going to pray that at the table, right? And if we've not done it, we're going to repent and realign ourselves. So we're going to be committed, right? Um, that, that, that's important. We're going to demonstrate this. Commitment is demonstrated through time and energy. Commitment. Can you say that? Commitment is demonstrated through time and energy. One of the most valuable things that I have is my time. I need you to hear that. One of the most, I'm just being honest. I'm talking about personally as well. One of the most valuable things a person can give you is their time. Like that's one of my most valuable things. And so if I'm giving you my time and, and can I tell you something? Time looks different. If I'm committing to pray for you, if I'm praying for you, that's my time. That's one of the most valuable things that I have to give a person is my time. I promise it is. I value time. I value your time. I value your time. Your time is important. Uh, that's why I try not to be late. That's why I'm better about my time. That's why I try to manage my time. I value your time. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on a lot of stuff. And so one of the most valuable things that you can give someone is time and love is, is, is exemplified through time and energy, right? That's why I don't waste a lot of time. That's why people will tell you, Sean, waste time. That's why I'm always moving because I'm not going to be wasteful of time because time is important, right? So constancy, consistency. The next thing is be consistent and consistency for me is not an option. 
It's not, it's not optional. When I start looking at love, it doesn't mean I won't be patient. And I'm going to explain something to you about this patient part. And then we're going to wrap this up. You got to be consistent. And what I mean by being consistent is we are in harmony. When we are consistent, we are harmonious. We are not bringing to the situation, anything that's not harmony. My attitude has to be consistent. My relationship has to be consistent. I can't be up and down. I can't love you today. I can't be off and on tomorrow. I've got to be in harmony, right? I can't be contradicting. I can't tell you I love you. And then I'm cussing you out the next few minutes. That's inconsistent, right? I cannot be all and say how much I love God, but I won't be dedicated and committed. So I have to be inconsistent. So if you love me, I should see your consistency. Now I need to explain this to you. Consistency determines, right? Consistency. When we start talking about liquid is the thickness. Consistency determines how thick your relationship is going to be. Whoa! Consistency does. Consistency determines how thick your relationship is going to be. Um, that's what consistency will do for you. Consistency brings you into harmony, time spent. Now, I have sisters that I love. Um, I have my sisters. No, not one is above the other. But my relationship with Jess is different. And my relationship with Jess is different. It's not higher than any of those. It's different because of our consistency. Jess and I have a Jonathan and David type relationship. I'm going to take all her little Mephibosheths and put them at the table. But the thing that I've noticed of why Jess is in our relationship is so thick. It's because of the consistency, because of the time, because of the value that we place over the relationship, because neither one of us lord over each other, but she does honor and yield to the prophet, the priest and the teacher. And I also honor and yield to the prophet in her, right? Cause she's prophetic. She speaks into my life. So the thickness in our relationship, because jealousy will make you, you'll be jealous about a relationship someone has, and you should never be jealous. You just need to become consistent, right? So the consistency in our relationship is what makes us thick, right? And we got over our pettiness. And we learn to submit to each other and we learn to love each other. And that is my sister for real. Like when you see Jess and I, you'll think we blood sisters and her kids love me like their aunt. And it's because I'm consistent in their life. Right. And they respect and honor me as their aunt. Um, and, and I, and I know if something happened to me that Jess would raise my kids as if our own. And she knows that if something happened to her, I would raise well, we had to grow into that, right? We had to operate in, in, in that. And the way that we learned that was through consistency. We thick with it, right? Relationships. If you want relationships to grow, if you want to demonstrate an experience, you need to be consistent and godly relationships. One of the things that disrupt them all the time is the lack of consistency. And the reason we lack consistency is because of insecurities, because of jealousy, because we don't want to submit to another person. We, we, we don't because we lord over people, right? And because we're inconsistent and we're contradictory and because we want, we don't learn how to be quiet. We won't build those healthy relationships. And so she and I are so thick and consistent. And because we don't let other people 
talk about each other. Um, we guard our relationship and preserve our relationship. And so we Jonathan and David. We like Mephibosheth. <laughs> and I'm going to take a little Mephibosheth or whatever, whoever, and I'm going to set them at the table if I have to, right? And it, it, it has opened up doors and opportunities for us to love and to walk into covenant partnership. You would not see LMJ Ministries had not just began this with me. You would not. And some other things had she not. But the consistency in our relationship is what made us thick. And now the other relationships around me are getting ready to be thick because we are building more time being consistent. And we've made a decision. My team is strong. We've made a decision at this point in my life. And if they haven't, they better make a decision today. We've made a decision that at this point in my life, we're not going to let anything separate us. We've made a decision for our ministry to go forth and for us to be able to walk into the fullness of what we're going to be in, that we're not going to allow anything to separate us. We're going to pursue God together. And that's what we're, we made that decision. Nothing else gets to come about between us. We, we made that decision with nothing else gets to come between us. We don't care if someone is falling off simple. We're going to pick them up. We're going to nurse them. We're going to love them. And we're going to be there for each other. And we're going to support each other. And we're going to operate in that. And we're going to get over ourselves. That's where we are right now. So that our team can be strong. So our ministry can be strong. Not for ourselves. When we love like this, it's not for ourselves, for the glory of God. So let me give you this last little piece of this. Be patient. And this is what I'm saying to you about the be patient part. And I'm going to help you. So we read first Corinthians 13, four and eight. And one of the first things in there, it says love is patient, right? Yeah. Nothing going to separate us. We still by the love of God. I can't wait to see what happened. The continuum finna be great. My, my whole team's strong. All my friendships, my relationship, everybody that's supposed to be connected into this ministry has made a decision. I'm not falling off. I don't care if I'm hanging on by my toenails. I'm not going nowhere. And, and I'm just going to be honest. We lost some people along the way, but it's okay because if they're supposed to be connected, guess what? They're going to come back. So let me give you this last part about being love is patient, right? And what love looking like patience is love being patient operates in all the things that I just gave you. And then it's extended in grace. God extends us grace all the time, right? And this is what love being patient looks like. Love being patient doesn't mean I don't keep moving forward. But it says that I'm hopeful to the fact that you're going to catch up with me, right? I'm hopeful to the fact that you're going to catch up with me. And so when I'm loving you patiently, I provide you room to make mistake. I provide you room to grow in Christ. I provide you room to grow with God. I provide you room to love you. And I also give you permission to walk away. I give you permission to walk away. I will let you walk away with hope that you'll catch up with me. Love being patient doesn't mean I have to pause. I don't have to pause. I don't have to stop moving forward because you can't keep up right now. I get to keep moving forward with the expectation that guess what? You're coming behind me because I planted enough seeds in love with you or God has enough seeds of loving you that you'll catch up, that you'll understand that our purpose is tied together, right? If I understand that our purpose is tied together, then I can be patient with you and I'm not going to give up on you because God called us to be together. And so then I'm going to come back to, let's go back to our first Corinthians, right? I'm going to come back and I'm getting ready to love you 
like this. I'm not going to love you in that kind of way. I'm going to love you patiently. I'm going to love you kindly. I'm not going to be jealous. I'm not going to be boastful. I'm not going to be proud. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to demand my own way. I'm not going to demand that you go with me. I'm not going to be demand. If you don't have the strength and grace in you to be a part of what I want you to be a part of right now, I'm not going to demand that you get this. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to exemplify love. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to let you fall away. I'm going to let you walk off. We have the hardest time letting people good go. I'm getting very good at letting people go without trying to pull you back in. So it's not irritable. It keeps no records of being wrong. Once you walk away, I'm not going to keep a record that you walked away. As a matter of fact, when you come back, I'm going to let you come back with a fresh start. I'm going to let you come back to me as if you never, ever, ever did wrong. Now, Will I be cautious? I will. And the reason that I'll be cautious is I'm going to be looking for certain behaviors in you. If I see that your behaviors have not changed, then my caution is going to be from that of God. I know to get in position and pray for you. Then I'm not going to rejoice about injustice. If you leave me and your life fall apart, I'm not going to rejoice about that. If you, we get a divorce, I'm not going to rejoice about all the horrible stuff. I'm not going to talk about you're going to pay and you're going to owe that. I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm not going to rejoice over you. Right. I want the truth to win out, but I'm not going to rejoice over that. And then love never gives up. It never loses faith. It always hopes and endures through every circumstances. It does not mean I don't keep moving. It does not mean I've forgotten about you. I'm exhibiting patience by extending you grace, right? What you don't deserve. I'm going to give you the grace to be able to return, especially if your eyes are open and you realize I'm connected to you. Does that make sense today? I love y'all. We got to get out of here. Is that not good? Is that not good? Is that not good? That's how we're supposed to love. That's the kind of love when we're talking about walking in God's love. That's when I love, I'm copywriting it. (laughs) Like that's God's love. Like that's God's love. My God. That's what God's love looks like. So we're going to chew on that. Some of y'all might need to come back to this. You've never experienced that kind of love. Your love been so broken and so fragmented and so jacked up. You don't know how to operate in that. And then the other thing is that's divine. That's supernatural. You don't want to, you don't want to try to do that in your mind. This is not a list. This is not a list. Okay. Be patient. That's not a list. You flow in that. You flow in that. That's not a list. That's not a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight list. That's not for you to pick the list up. That's for you to ask God to open your eyes and to your understanding of how he called you so that you can operate in that in Christ Jesus. I hear you. Holy Spirit is copyrighted, copyrighted by faith. Thank you, Lord. So I'm just going to <laughs> thank you, Xavier. So I just want you to chew on that. I want you to meditate on that. Make sure you share this devotional today. We're going to chew on Ephesians five this week. And I'm going to show you what it's like when we're not in love, but we think we're in love and how perverse it is. I've been using that word perverse. I'm going to divine perverse tomorrow. Y'all ready for me to pray? Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for this word today. We thank you, Lord God, that it's planted in our hearts, Lord God, so that we can receive this and grow in grace. We thank you, Father God, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your kindness, for your word. We thank you, Father God, that you are growing us up in grace so that we can manifest your love throughout this earth. I thank you, Father God, for your love for us. I thank you, Father God, for all you do for us. I thank you for providing for us. I thank you for being consistent and persistent, Lord God, and insisting on that you chose us. Uh, chose us open the eyes of their understanding let them see today how much you love them 
My God, pour your love out on your people today, Lord God, and let us receive it by faith. Can you just throw your arms? Can you just throw your hands up and just say, I receive your love today, God, by faith. I may not understand it. I may not understand all the circumstances and the things that are going on in my life, but I receive your love by faith in Jesus name. Amen. I love you. God loves you. For some of y'all who need some sugar, everybody know I love to get sugar. And Debbie Sears, I got your message. I was asleep, girl. I was asleep. We're going to connect this week. I was asleep. I love you so much, but more than anything, God loves you. So now today, when I say go be loved today, I'm saying be persistent. <laughs> I'm saying be consistent. I've showed you what it means to be loved today. Go be loved today. And when I tell you go be loved today, I showed you what being loved in action means in Jesus name. I'll see y'all back here at 5 a.m. Invite someone in to the devotional. Love, peace, and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.